0: curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the The shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives, of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you, even in a time of With thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you
1: Good evening. I want to thank you for joining us at Victory Christian Fellowship tonight. We're so glad that you're here. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us and being part of us, even though you're not here close. Lord, we just give you thanks and praise and honor and glory. Lord, you alone are worthy. Your name is high and lifted up in this place. And your train and your presence and your glory fills this temple, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you will touch us. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads and we bless you, Lord. We're so excited about what you're going to do in us, through us, and to us. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: your words, it's your love, oh how glorious are you Lord, it's your power, it was a cross Come
1: And you're a miracle worker today. You do miracles.
2: Hallelujah.
1: You reveal your glory. You show your compassion. You put your strength on display. You share your power with those who believe in you. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. There's none like you. You alone are worthy. You alone are holy. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you in this place. For you to do great, mighty things right here, right now. We believe it. And we receive it. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are just so delighted that not only do we get to worship you, but your very presence inhabits our praises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you that because you're with us, you speak to us because you have something to say. So we're listening, Lord.
2: Lord,
1: my way is the only way. My way is the narrow way. My way is the safe way. My way is the most rewarding way. Because it leads you directly to my Father. It leads you directly to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Aren't they awesome? Hallelujah. That's the most word-based worship you could ever do. Glory to God. Because if it's not based on the word, they don't do it. Amen. Ladies, I just want to remind you, this Sunday is our uh, book club. uh, Or no, that's uh, November 6th. This Sunday, yeah. So if you... uh, want to be part of that. uh, It occurs after our service on Sunday, and uh, that's been uh, going great. Yep, you can see uh, Pastor Nadine right here, and if you want information on that, uh, they're studying one of uh, Dr. Fiona's books, so it'll be a great blessing to you. You know, um, if you haven't, you know, we have a bookstore, and uh, in that bookstore is Information that will help you grow in God. And uh, you can check it out. And we also have um, CDs and DVDs from other uh, ministries uh, that can benefit you too. And you can uh, check those out for a period of time and then bring them back. And uh, that will be a blessing to you. And then uh, Dr. Fiona and uh, Lisa and Melissa, they're getting ready to go to Guyana on Saturday. So we're excited about that. And uh, if you'd like to participate in that you could designate a gift called commission club and uh for anybody that desires to go on a missions trip out of this church that commissions club that's what that's for you can uh, help them go we, we not all of us can go but we can send amen and uh but we get the same reward and uh, also you can give anytime uh, tonight uh During the service, you can. We have. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you're watching online, you can go online to do that. We have envelopes at our containers, as you come in and buy the bookstore there, and uh, that'll help you. Glory to God. You guys are great givers. Amen. I just celebrate your giving, and uh, we just praise God. Glory to God. And Father, I just speak a blessing now over the givers and their gifts, and I thank you, Lord, that you are multiplying them. We give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your protection, provision, and prosperity towards them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We have a a good-looking group of uh, kids in this place. And we have what's called Kids Life, Kids Living in Faith every day. That's what that stands for. So, kids, we want to dismiss you now. Have a great class. Woo! Glory to God. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is Wednesday night refreshing, where you can expect times of refreshing to come from God's presence. And we're glad that you're here tonight. And uh, you ready for the word? Amen. If you've ever lived under a cloud of condemnation, You know, the enemy is a condemner. He wants you to be bound by guilt, shame, and condemnation. But God wants his people free from condemnation. And tonight I want to talk to you about how to live free from condemnation. Glory to God. You know, the enemy, his name is the devil, Satan. I give him no glory or honor, but I resist him in the faith. And uh, he constantly interjects lies into people's minds. And he wants to hold your past against you. He lives in the past, but when he does that, you can tell him of his future and he'll let go of uh your past and um he wants to let God's people know that God doesn't approve of you but that's not true right. he wants to tell you that there's no hope but that's a lie yeah, right. and uh he he gives he barrages us with these things but uh we have Jesus who set us free from condemnation. And I want you to go to, with me to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to be camping in this chapter tonight. Because it gives us keys to be free from condemnation. You know, I was thinking about someone who is condemned. You know, a condemned man doesn't do anything. They're un- they lead an unproductive life. They have this condemnation that is looming over them, that is hovering over them, and it keeps them down, it keeps them penned in, and they're just waiting till the day that they die. But that condemnation robs them of productivity. You know, uh, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, oh, you're get ready to shout. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Now, there's no condemnation to a group of people. That group of people is in Christ. You've got to be in Christ. You know what? Being in Christ is not automatic. You have got to request to be in Christ. He comes by invitation. You get Christ in you by inviting him into your heart. He doesn't force his way in, but he waits for you to ask him in. But then he comes in when you ask him. And uh, so he gives us. The benefit of living a condemned free life. How many's ever dealt with condemnation? You felt like it was hopeless. You felt like you were worthless. You felt like you couldn't get past the mistakes that you made or the bad choices that you made. And it was hovering over you like a dark cloud. You know, how many has ever watched Peanuts? Right? There's a character on Peanuts called Pigpen. Right. And he's got this cloud of dirt hovering over him and everywhere he goes, this cloud follows him. And this is what condemnation does. It's like a dark cloud that follows you and it it burdens you. It weighs you down to try to keep you uh, from doing what you were meant to do. But there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And uh, God has made it possible for you. He has equipped you with the ability to be completely free of condemnation. To have no burden. To have that cloud lifted. And to be free. God wants you free. A condemned man is one who a sentence has been passed, a judgment has been made, and punishment is coming. Isn't that right? You know, when a jury convicts a murderer of murder and they condemn him to death, he is incarcerated and he sits on death row awaiting his final punishment for his crimes. And that's... Not the way that God wants you to live by any means. So he gave you tools to be sin free and to be removed from all of its junk and residue. Because sin brings condemnation. He just got done talking about chapter 7. And let me just highlight some things that the Apostle Paul said about in chapter 7. In Romans 7, 5, he talks about the flesh with its sinful passions aroused by the law that were working in them. In verse 6, he talks about how we were delivered from the law. We died and severed ties with it. And now we serve in the newness of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In verse 8 of chapter 7, he said sin produces an evil desire. And uh, verse 11, it says sin deceives and kills. Sin is a deceiver because it makes things look good, feel good, smell good, until you're into it and you realize you've just been trapped. Sin is a trap. But Jesus came to do away with sin. And with all of its condemnation that it brings. And uh, the law of sin wars against your mind and it brings you into captivity. And then he says, "Who will deliver us?" In verse 24, "Who will deliver us from this body of death? Jesus Christ?" A man said, "Jesus is my deliverer." Say, Jesus, so "Jesus sets me free." All right, and in Romans 8, 2, he says this, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That tells me that the law of sin and death brings condemnation. But you've been set free from the law of sin and death. Why? God gave you another law called the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's a free way to live in God, in Christ. It's condemnation free. It's sin free. Hallelujah. Amen. He enables us to do this. So we're exposed to a new way of living. We can put on a new self. Go, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10 for just a minute. We'll come back to Romans 8, but go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thought I would just teach this real nice. But you know what? Sometimes we need to be alerted. We need to be awakened. You know what? There's something going on in this world. And there's a lot of things that aren't right in this world. But the church is the institution that God put on this earth to be a voice and to stand up and defend what is right. It is our job to speak up. And you got to make your voice heard on Tuesday. Yes. Next Tuesday, make your voice heard, right? Yes. We can change some things. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. Well, let's look at verse 19. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, well, you've been given an access pass, a backstage access pass into the throne room of God, hallelujah, and you can enter there boldly. And then it says, by a new and living way. A new and living way is a life that's free from condemnation. It's a life that's free from oppression. It's a life that experienced true freedom in Christ Jesus. It's a new and living way. Why? Because it's new to the way we used to live. Before we met Jesus, we lived for the devil, whether you realized it or not. But when you came to Jesus, when you accepted him as Lord, your lifestyle changed. How many lifestyle changed after they met Jesus? Mine sure did. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us. Oh, my goodness. How do we know which way to go? Jesus showed us the way by going there first. He consecrated the way. He said, just follow me. I'll show you the way to go. I'll show you the way to live. I'll show you the way to be truly free. I'll show you the way for victory. Hallelujah. He consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near in full assurance of faith. Are you fully assured in faith? Yes. Having our, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we can approach God, all right? And then he says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And verse twenty-four: Let us consider to one another; let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Did you did you know that you have a license to provoke, but to provoke to good works? What does it mean to provoke? To encourage? To um, to uh, help? And then he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You know what? Some people may forsake the assembly. What does that mean, the assembling of ourselves? That means going to church. You know, some people don't go to church. But guess what? We, should, we ought to be encouraging those who aren't going to church to come to church. Why? He said, especially as, as you see the day approaching. The day is approaching. We ought to be going to church more in these last days, not less. I mean, when the church started, they were going to church every day. Some of y'all wouldn't be able to handle that today. Church every day, oh my gosh. Why? There's a day approaching. And we need to come together. We need to hear the word of God. We need to be prepared for what's happening in our world today. And the only thing that can prepare us to help us overcome is the word of God. So, all right, let's go back to Romans chapter 8 again. Hallelujah. Say, it's a Wednesday night. And I ain't never been in a Wednesday night like this. Well, there's a first time for everything. See, condemnation to co- comes to those who are guilty of sin. And it subjects you to punishment and it hangs over your head. You know it's there. You're just waiting for it to fall and crush you. Condemnation is one of the enemy's favorite weapons. And he'll use anything. The flesh, the media, our past, even fellow believers to try to make you feel unworthy. And develop a fear of punishment. First of all, fear is a spirit. Any kind of fear, that's a spirit. Well, oh no, I just worry. Well, that's fear. I'm just concerned. That's fear. Why don't you be careful? No, care less. What are you supposed to do with your cares? You're supposed to cast them unto him. You're not supposed to be walking around with care. Did you know if you're bogged down with care that you can't function properly? The word condemnation means... uh It means down, it means the results of judgment, the exact sentence handed down after due process, which establishes guilt. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 for just a minute. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Let's see our condition before we met Jesus. This was our condition. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you, has he quickened, notice we were dead in trespasses and sins. This is before Jesus, B.C. This is life, B.C. Verse 2. In time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation, that word conversation means lifestyle, in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were children of wrath. In other words, we were just waiting for God to uh, come against us and uh Give us the punishment that was due because we were guilty. All right. This is how we lived. Well, you say, well, I was a good person before I met Jesus. You might have been a good person, but you still anybody without Jesus is lost and going to hell. But here's here's verse four that really gets interesting of Ephesians two. He says, but God, I love when God butts in who was rich in mercy. For his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace. So you say, we were dead, helpless, couldn't couldn't help ourselves, couldn't save ourselves, couldn't change our situation. But God, in his rich mercy, he reached down and pulled us up out of that clay and set our feet upon a rock. Let's go back to Romans 8. Hallelujah. Condemnation brings with it a strong disapproval, even censure. Condemnation makes you fearful of punishment. But Jesus dealt with your guilt. He took away your shame. And he removed the condemnation from us so that we could be free. Hallelujah. Your relationship with Christ destroys the power and the dominion and the control of sin. Sin promotes condemnation. And when you destroy sin, you take away the condemnation. Amen. You are no longer condemned. In other words, you're guilt free. Ingredients in the word. You know, they they have fat free. Well, we have guilt free. We have shame free. Hallelujah. The devil can't condemn you if he tried. He can't bring any condemnation on you. It'll be like a rubber ball going against the wall. He'll throw it at you and it'll come back on him. Glory to God. Free from condemnation. Go to Ezekiel chapter 18 for a minute. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 5. It gives us a highlight of what a righteous man does. Ezekiel 18, starting with verse 5, he says, but if a man be just, you know, just doesn't come automatically. The way you become just is you ask the justifier to come into your heart. It's called justification, just as if I've never sinned. If a man be just or righteous and do that which is lawful and right verse 6 and has eaten upon the mountains or has not eaten upon the mountains neither has lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel neither has defiled his neighbor's wife neither has come near uh, to uh, a woman in her in her cycle verse 7 and has not oppressed any but has restored to the debtor his pledge. In other words, he's a merciful creditor. And has spoiled none by violence, has given his bread to the hungry, has covered the naked with clothing. He has not, he that has not given forth upon a usury or interest, neither has taken any increase that has withdrawn his hand from iniquity, And has executed true judgment between man and man, and has walked in my statutes, has kept my judgments, and deals to deal truly. He is just. He shall surely live. Say he he says he shall surely live. live. Now he's going to live free. He's going to live good. He's going to live. A rich, long, full life. Amen? That's just what God wants. He said, with long life will I satisfy you. How many want to be satisfied with long life? Well, to be satisfied with long life, it means you're going to be sufficiently supplied for. You're going to be well taken care of. Amen? You're going to be able to take care of your family. You're going to be able to be a blessing. Glory to God. When you live free from condemnation, it's amazing what you can do. It's amazing how you can progress. Amen? So Christ puts an end to the struggle. Go back to Romans 8 now. And we're going to look at this closely now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you know that the devil is the accuser of the brethren? If there's any accusations being hurled, it comes from the enemy first. But thank God we overcome the accuser of the brethren through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He may try to accuse you, but no accusation will stick. Amen? All right? So, in order to be uh, free from condemnation, you've got to be in Christ. You've got to be united to Christ by faith. right. You've got to live in his truths, live in his promises and become a member of his household, a member of his body. You have to get citizenship in heaven. And by the way, it's free. There's no application process. You simply say, yes, Lord, and you are instantly automatically become a citizen in heaven. Now, here's what it means to be in Christ. I wrote this down. You got to be blood bought and word taught. You got to be blood bought and word taught. You got to be Holy Ghost filled and God willed. In other words, you got to be willing to do God's will. All right. You got um, your life is surrendered and your heart is mended, mended, and Jesus is Lord. Let me read that to you again. Hallelujah you got to be blood-bought, word-taught, Holy Ghost-filled, God-willed, your life is surrendered, your heart is mended, and Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you got to turn control over your life to the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead God and direct you in the way that you need to go. He's the only one qualified to get you to where you need to be, to where God wants you to be. Hallelujah you become a new creature in Christ Jesus you're no longer governed by your natural disposition or your appetite or your worldly views and you don't respond to natural natural influences that corrupt you did you know that you can choose between listening to your flesh or listening to your holy, to the holy spirit it's a choice And we can all make that choice as long as we're in Christ Jesus. So the gospel frees us from condemnation. Hallelujah. And notice the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Say I'm free free. from the law of sin and death. So he gives us a new law to follow. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How did Christ live? Letting Christ live in you and you living in Christ. Letting the anointed one live in you and you live in the anointing. Amen? That's what it means. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says this. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin and death. Hallelujah. In other words, the spirit of life, it's activated, it's in operation, it begins to function, and it starts to flow the moment you receive Christ. The moment you say, Jesus, I, I believe you're the Son of God, and I confess you as Lord, that moment, in that instant, the Holy Spirit comes, and he lives in you, and things start, to, the righteousness of God flows to you. You are now known as the righteousness of God. All your sins have been wiped away. Yes. When you try to tell God what you did, he said, I don't remember. As far as the east is from the west, I forget your sin. Hallelujah. Yes. Your sin has been covered by the blood. Yes. Yes. God only knows you as who you are. And you are a child of God. Yes. You have access to all the benefits and the inheritance of heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. See, Romans six tells us these things. In verses one and two, he says, Don't continue in sin. You you have a choice as to whether or not you want to sin if you if you're in Christ. If if you're not in Christ, you don't really have a choice. But if you want to have a choice, you've got to be in Christ. Amen? If us say don't sin. Sin is bad. Sin is yuck. Sin will mess you up. Playing around with sin is like playing around with venomous vipers in a glass cage. Eventually, they're going to bite you, and it's going to sting. Verses 3 and 4 of Romans 6, he tells us to be baptized into death and raised with Christ and walk in new life. Hallelujah. You, 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 when you, when you accept Christ, you are baptized into His death, but also you get a raise. He raises you up. How many want a raise? Hallelujah. He raises you to a new life. He raises you so that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. He seats you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Romans 6, 6 says the old man is crucified and no longer a slave to sin. Say, I'm no longer a slave. Hallelujah. Sin will make you a slave, but God makes you free. Romans 6, 8. To die with Christ means to live with Christ. If you're going to die with Christ, that means you've got to live with Christ. In other words, you live by his strength, you live by his power, you live by his leading, you live by his wisdom. Your life now is hid in Christ. And Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Say, I'm dead yet alive. Woo, glory to God. God. The old Doug Pishka has has been dead. But he's been made new in Christ Jesus. I, say, I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. Think about that. You are a new creature. You're, you're, not, you're not just made new. You are a brand new creature, a new creation. Old things are past. Old habits are past. Old mistakes are past. Old faults are past. All things now are becoming new. <coughs> You're in the process of becoming newer and newer. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Verse Romans 6, 9, death has no more dominion on Christ. Death couldn't hold him. Death couldn't stop him. Death couldn't keep him. Hallelujah. He no, death no longer has dominion on Christ. And if Christ is in you, then death has no dominion on you. But does that mean you're not going to die? No, if Jesus tarries, you'll die. But you know what? Death has no sting for you. When you die, you simply exit your body and you're in glory, just like that. Your body's dead and you step into glory. Well, that was easy. Where's the staple button? That was easy. Death for a Christian is just a transition to be with Jesus, to be in heaven. It has no sting. Romans six, ten, and eleven. We got to die to sin and live to, live for God. Yeah. If you've accepted Christ, then you made a commitment to die to sin. Yeah. You got to start taking dominion over sin. Yeah. You got to start t- telling sin no. Right. Yeah. Did you know the devil can't make you do anything? He can only give you a thought, an idea, or a suggestion, and you got to choose to do that. He can't force you to do anything. And God's not going to force you either. If God could force people to do anything, we'd all be saved in heaven right now. Romans 6.12, don't let sin reign in you. In other words... Don't participate when sin comes knocking. Open the door and say, you got the wrong address. Go. I didn't order you. Joseph, who didn't even have the Holy Spirit in him, was in the midst of a temptation, and he said, how could I do this thing against God? And he did not do it. Say he didn't do it. How could a a, a person who doesn't even have the Holy Ghost make a choice? But yet people who have the Holy Ghost, oh, I struggle. It's a struggle. You're wiping the sweat off your brow. No, you got the Holy Ghost in you. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But we act like he's not greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 14, sin lost its dominion. Whoo! it lost its ability to control you it lost its grip on you Romans six eighteen. you were set free from, say, set free from sin. say I'm set free from sin when you've been set free from sin you have no condemnation the devil can't bring up anything against you he can't tell you how bad you are because it's not true Because God said you are good. And what God says always overrides what the devil says. If the devil says you're a do-nothing person, say, no, I'm a doer of the word. Talk back to those thoughts. You've got to say something against those thoughts. You can't just let them float around in your head. Hallelujah. So the power of sin and death, they corrupt the old nature. But the spirit of life in Christ, it's the, it's the teaching of grace accompanied with the power of God in the Holy Spirit that helps you overcome. Hallelujah. Alright, let's uh let me give you eight things. Mm. Well, look at Romans eight three for a minute. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. In other words. <laughs> God destroyed sin from the inside out. See, the power of sin was weak because it was operating in the flesh. The flesh weakened it, right? Or The, um, the law, I'm sorry, the law. The flesh weakened the law. The law was good, but it, it could never save you. All the law could do was show you how bad of a sinner you really were. It was a schoolmaster. And it was weak because it operated in the flesh. So what did God do? Oh, my goodness. He put on a flesh suit and he came to this earth and he was just like any other man. Flesh and blood and bone. He was born. He had access to this earth because he was born on the earth. He had a right to live and he was tempted at all points like we are. Yet he resisted temptation. He never sinned and he took that. He took our sin upon him. He who knew no sin became sin. And what did he do with our sin? He nailed it to the cross. Say, my sin is nailed. To the cross, never to be dug up, never to be brought up, has no power over you anymore. It's been nailed. He left it on that cross, and in essence, he rose from the dead, and he destroyed sin from the inside out. Why? He did everything that needed to be done legally. According to the word of God, according to the commandments of God, according to what God required, he fulfilled the law. He crossed every T. He jotted every I. He, he said, I did not come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. He was the only man on earth after Adam that fulfilled the law. And when Jesus fulfilled the law, he gave us his victory of fulfilling the law. He said, here, you are free from the law. Here, you are free. Here, you are free. He stamped us free from the law because he beat the law. He fulfilled the law. And he gave us the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you have a choice. Look at verse 4. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Listen. You can live or follow the way of the flesh, or you can live or follow the ways of the Spirit. Who guides you? Oh, I get guidance from the psychic down the street. Well, yeah, they're going to lead you to hell. Who directs you? Who leads you? Who has the greatest influence over you? You know, there was a time in Esau's life when his greatest influence was his appetite for food. And you know what he did? He traded in his birthright, which was the key to the blessing... For a pot of stew. For a bowl of stew. And the Bible called him. A fornicator. Because he traded in the things of God. For the things of the world. He traded in a momentary pleasure. For something that was eternal. And it cost him the blessing. Yeah Jacob stole the blessing. And shouldn't have got it that way. But nonetheless, Esau disqualified himself first. Jacob didn't force him to make that choice. He said, I'll give you the stew, but you give me my birthright. And Esau said, oh, what's my birthright? I don't care about my birthright. Really? You don't care about your birthright as a believer? You don't care what your birthright is going to get you? You have no regard for your spiritual reward? You're going to trade it in for a momentary thing? My goodness, you read about it. Hebrews talks about the choice that Esau made. Anyway, that was just extra. won't charge anything extra for it. It's included. You know, we can tell who follows you by just looking at the results. If you're following the flesh, it produces death. But if you're following the spirit, it produces life. Hallelujah. All right. Eight ways to be free from condemnation. Eight is a new beginning. How many like a new beginning right now? You can have a new beginning over past sins, past mistakes, past faults. Right now, new beginning. Begins right now. How many want to live a, a condemned free life? Do you know when you condemn a building, you stop... It being useful for what it was created for. A building can no longer house people because it's condemned. It's unsafe. It's dangerous. And they condemn it. Am I right? So when Satan wants to condemn you, he wants to render you useless and ineffective. But we're not going to let that argument stick. Amen? You can throw all the condemnation balls at me, but none of them are going to stick to me, glory to God. Why, I'm free from condemnation. Number one, and these all come from Romans 8, by the way. Number one, those who belong to Christ have been set free from the power of sin. We got to live like we're free. Amen. Amen. We have been released from paying the penalty of sin. Why? Someone paid a bill for us. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. When you hook up someone with someone who can't pay with someone who can pay, it's a good thing. You can't afford it, but Jesus could. And because he bought it for you, now you're free. When someone buys you lunch, do you feel guilty for eating that food? No. Free food is the best tasting food I've ever had. If someone wants to buy me lunch, I'm going to enjoy that food. Why? They have the means to do it, and I'm going to appreciate it by receiving their gift. So let's, re- let's appreciate the gift that God gave us. And don't let condemnation keep you down. Don't let condemnation confine you. Don't get rid of that weight right now. Jesus gave us access to his life-giving spirit, which triumphs over death. That's Romans 8, 1 to 4. Number two, second way to be free from condemnation. Have the Holy Spirit living in us and through us and lead us to life and peace. The carnal mind is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. How many would prefer death over life and peace? Can I get a show? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking a survey. You're more intelligent than that. You go. Of course you want life and peace. I just want world peace. We get Jesus and you have it. We belong to God. See, but having the Holy Spirit in us means we have to allow him to lead us. You've got to listen to his voice. What what language does the Holy Spirit speak? He speaks the language of the word. You know, he's the author of the word, by the way. Holy men of God wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And what a privilege it is to have the Holy Spirit living in us. Say the Holy Spirit is in me. I know him. He knows me. I hear his voice. See, there's a lot of voices, but you've got to distinguish his voice. You've got to figure out how God speaks to you. Because he's going to speak to us differently because we're all different. We're not cookie cutters. God made each of us unique. The way you are is the way God wanted you to be. But he wants you to continue to grow in the knowledge of him. So we've got to realize the Holy Spirit, you know, he can neutral. He, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit neutralizes the devil. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is smarter than the devil. Okay. He's greater than the devil. He's more powerful than the Amen. devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Number three. See, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you've got to develop a spiritual mindset. You've got to set your mind on things above. How do you do that? <laughs> well, God gave you a guide right here. You've got to look to this word. Read it every day, all right? Number three, the third way to live free from condemnation. Those who are led by the Spirit have the honor of being called the children of God. Everything that the Holy Spirit does is he does to pr- produce life. He doesn't produce death. The Holy Spirit is not ineffective. Well, I listened to the Holy Spirit and I did what he said, but it failed. No, you missed it. He doesn't fail. Amen? Amen. Not only does he give life, but he can resurrect the dead. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will quicken your mortal body. Is there any body that needs to be quickened? That word quicken means made alive. The life of God will override sickness, death, disease, infirmity, weakness. Hallelujah. Everybody say the same spirit. Yeah, the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us when we're in Christ. We got the same resurrection power working in us. Hallelujah. He bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. How does NASA know that when they send a satellite into orbit, how do they know it's in the right place? Because it sends back a signal. They can track it. Amen? I'll tell you what, God doesn't need a satellite. He, He uses himself. He uses the spirit of God, the spirit of truth. And you can track that you are a child of God because he will bear witness with your spirit. He will affirm you. He will assure you. He will make you for certain that you are God's child. Hallelujah. Number four, to be free from condemnation, you gotta know that you're an heir. You gotta get some air. You know, Michael Jordan made the Air Jordans popular, but we got something better called Air Jesus. Air Jordans may, may have caused Michael Jordan to leap from half court and sink a basketball, but we got Air Jesus that will take us to greater heights that we've never known, glory to God. It will take you higher, cause you to go further, amen? God's kingdom is one of glory, honor, and power, and he chooses those. The Holy Spirit... He's, he's the spirit of adoption, not the spirit of bondage. And we have the spirit of adoption where we can cry, Abba Father. We can say, Daddy God. You can sit in the lap of God and call him Daddy. What other religion can call their God Daddy? Only Christianity. We stand unique in having a relationship with our Maker, glory to God, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to know that we're adopted and we can cry Abba Father, Daddy God. Hallelujah. And he leads us into our inheritance uh, 817 and we are joint heirs with Jesus. Say I'm a joint heir with Jesus. That means this. What he gets, you get. What he receives, you receive. In the same amount and the same degree. God is the only God who shares his glory with those who believe in him. Yeah, he's going to stand alone, but he he brings us up to him. Jesus came to this earth to show us how to be like him. We're supposed to imitate our Father. We're supposed to be holy as he's holy. We get his righteousness. Amen. When you have Jesus, you're as righteous as Jesus is. Amen. Say, I'm righteous as Jesus is. All right. Number five. Though we experience trials on this earth, it won't last forever. He says uh, in verse 18, the suffering of this life can't be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Say God's glory glory. is greater than my suffering. suffering. Do you realize if if you were to read the Fox's book of martyrs, it, it compiles, it's a historical account of the people who were martyred. Some of those people were praising God while they were being nailed to a stake or set on fire or whatever. I mean, they tried to boil John in oil and were unsuccessful. They dipped him in, and he said he, he came up and he said, hey, how's it going? Now, this is my paraphrase. So they couldn't kill him in oil, so what did they do? They put him on Patmos. What happened on Patmos? He got the revelation to Jesus Christ. He wrote the book of Revelation on, a, on an isle of Patmos that was, you know, uninhabited, rough. But God spoke to him. He had a visit, he had an angelic visitation. Amen. Say my trials won't last forever. You know what? We just got a, a down payment of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get the full goods when we get our glorified bodies. And in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Say there's upgrade coming. You know, if Jesus could go to the cross and be okay, then none of our trials are going to compare to that, really. So, you can handle it. Did you know that trials are temporary, but glory is eternal? Say, trials are temporary. Aren't they temporary? They have an expiration date. You go. How many has gone through some things? Notice you didn't set up camp there, you went through it. It's something in the past now, something that you've learned from, something that you've experienced, right? Hallelujah. But it's done. Amen. Trials have a short time frame, but the work of God will last forever. Hallelujah. All right. Number six, the Holy Spirit will help us. Verse 24, he helps us in our weaknesses and he makes intercession for us. Say he's my helper. He's a very present help in trouble. God, God called him a helper. I'm going to give to you, Jesus said I'm going to give to you another helper. What does that mean? One just like me in in nature. He's he's divine. He he is God, but he's going to come to you and help you. Hallelujah! Say I have help. I have help. Say he my helper's in me. Help you. you can't get any closer than that. Anytime you need help, he's right here. You have access to him right here. You don't need you don't need a sat phone. You don't need email. You don't need a smartphone. All you need is Jesus and you can access him. Number 7. We've been given right standing before God. Hallelujah. Whom verse 30? verse 29, whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestined just means he had a plan for you ahead of time. He had a plan for you before you arrived on this earth. God had an assignment for you. That's why you were born. You were not born an accident. You were not born an oops. You were born because God wanted you here. And you're here at this time because he knew that you could handle it at this time. Hallelujah. He helps us. He searches the hearts. Verse number seven, or we have right standing with God. If God before you, who can be against you? What's the answer? No one, nothing, no mountain, no giant, no opponent, no force, no government, no organization. When you're with God, you win all the time, no matter what. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a winner. And then finally, number eight. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Hallelujah. I love this verse 35. Nothing shall separate us from God's love. There's nothing you could have done or nothing you could do that will diminish God's love for you. We are, and then he says in verse 37, we are more than conquerors. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. No, then he says, I love verse 37. He says no death, no life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, nor things to come can separate us from God's love. And when we have God's love, our sins are covered. When we have God's love, fear leaves our life. When we have God's love, we are secure in him. Hallelujah. When we have God's love, we win. See, I've already won. Now let's live like this. Let's live like we got a Holy Ghost. Let's live like we're heirs. Let's live like we're free from condemnation. I want you to make this confession. Say spirit of con- uh, say spirit of condemnation, I repent for giving you place in my life. I reject you. I refuse to listen to you. And your lies any longer. I choose today. To stand upon the truth. Of God's word. And I agree with God. That Jesus took all of my sin. And nailed it to the cross. My sins can no longer be used against me. Jesus became sin for me. So, I can be free from it. I have a right relationship with God. I'm reconciled to God. I'm no longer under condemnation. I am righteous because of the blood of Jesus. God has nothing against me. I refuse to fear God's judgment. Because I've been purchased by Christ. I'm safe from God's judgment. Because I am in Christ. Spirit of condemnation, I rebuke you. I command you to leave my life in the name of Jesus. Now be free. Hallelujah. Shout like you're free like you're free. Rejoice like you're free. Hallelujah. We got to level up in our freedom here in this place. Amen. We are not going to be defeated and we're never going to quit. We're going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on confessing. I'm going to keep on walking by faith. I'm going to keep on walking in love. I'm going to get the victory. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You know, we're living in evil times right now. There's a lot of deception and lies and misinformation happening. But we have the truth. And the truth that we have can decipher through all that junk. Glory to God. You have been washed with the water of the word. And you know what? You're squeaky clean. You are squeaky clean. This cleansing flood. Hallelujah. It has been poured out like a river coming on you, cascading over you in the name of Jesus. The cleansing flood. Hallelujah. The washing of the water of the word. Hallelujah. I feel like we got a spiritual fire hose and you all just being doused right now. You're being doused in the name of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus your Lord, or maybe you've gotten away from him. It's time for you to come back home. It's time for you to recalibrate. You know, the GPS is saying, make a U-turn right now. Hallelujah. If you need to make a U-turn, make a U-turn. If you need to get right with God, get right with God. Amen? If you want to step up to the next level, step up. Amen? Amen. The only thing that's holding you back is you. The devil has no grip on you anymore. You have been made free. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that needs to be free from healing? I mean, free from sickness. (laughs) Healing is free. But sickness has to go. Anybody need freedom from sickness tonight, right now? Sickness, disease, infirmity, or weakness? In the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. You know, in order to serve God, you've got to have a good, strong, healthy body.